You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. Typically, I publish on Wednesdays. I have a thing for Wednesdays. I was born on a Wednesday. So as I was feeling through, I don't have a calendar for every episode for the next few months. I just have some spots where there are specific things that I want to talk about at that time of year in terms of my editorial calendar for the podcast. But I also leave a lot of space for just things that are really present at the moment. It's usually not a current event. It's usually like a current state of being that I'm in or someone um, who's connected to my life or raising free people work is, you know, I've just found that that really feels like the best way for me to make sure that the narratives and the experiences of people of color in self-directed education, that's a great way for me to make sure that I am leaving space for their stories to really influence the podcast. And when I say there, I mean just people besides me and my family. I can tell unschooling stories and self-directed stories about Marley and Sage and Chris and me all day. And I do infuse those. But I want this to be a space where the other stories, the ones that look vastly different from ours, also have plenty of room to influence the design of what I share every week and what this body of work looks like in totality. I think about that with this podcast. I think about long after I've transitioned from this life and someone listens to the audio of this Black woman back in 2017 who was talking about self-directed education when it wasn't normal. (laughs) So because of that, I, I don't have a firm editorial calendar. I leave plenty of space for the story to take shape and for me to move with that because I'm in harmony with it. That's really what unschooling is a lot about learning to be in harmony with things, recognizing the patterns, right? So it's this this idea that we don't need to like control something in order for it to work well for us. We don't have to win it. We don't have to dominate it. There are ways to be in harmony with something that doesn't mean that it's any less amazing for you. It's just that you're not going uphill with it. And I feel like the approach to learning and living (laughs) <laughs> which the, the more I say those things separately, it feels like, why do I keep separating those words? But for now, the more I pay attention to what this approach to learning and living is about, the more I, I see that it's just, it's just one long ass de-schooling process. <laughs> it's just a lot of shedding and unlearning. And the more you do that, the more clearly the voice that is you, the for me, the, the ancestors that speak through me, the work that I'm here to do, all of those things are just much more clear when I'm in harmony with things instead of trying to like dominate something or win it. So anyway, um, because I leave that amount of space, this week's podcast episode, it didn't make itself available to me. I have recordings of folks, you know, interviews that I've already done that are mostly edited, that I could have put the intro and outro on and produced that this week. But that's not what felt good. And so yesterday was really weird for me because it was the day that I would publish the podcast episode that I'd been working on for the past few days, but nothing was showing up as the thing. But I trusted and trust 
the process. But in that moment, I was like, well, I'm trusting the process. So I know that I'm available to do this raising free people work through this podcast, you know, reminding people why the same liberation that we want for ourselves, we must afford that to children. We got to figure out what that looks like. I trust that all of the energies that decided that I was fit and ready to do this, I trust that they're going to guide me along the way. And if something doesn't feel like what I should be doing, then I won't do it. I was trusting the process and also feeling like, okay, process, it's Wednesday. Can you show up now? And <laughs> last night, because it's Thursday now as I'm, I'm recording this Wednesday night, it did. And what it showed up as was the winter solstice to go through this episode really organically, um, take some notes about what I want to share with you, look to see if there are any resources connected to what came up that I can also share with you. So I did that last night in um, Evernote. And it was just really clear that I needed to do it on the equinox because of the energy around that and that I could share something in a very organic container that is unique to today. So that's why it wasn't showing up. <laughs> so I get to give you what is authentically available for you this week, and I'm happy to do that. So today is Thursday, December 21st, 2017, and it's the shortest day of the year or the darkest day of the year. It's the winter solstice, the day of Yule, it's also called, Y-U-L-E. That's just a really interesting thing to me, this being the shortest day of the year or the darkest day, because it's getting dark sooner. I've always been really curious about the, the practices, you know, historically, the ways that people recognized solstices and equinoxes, which are just the sun being positioned in the sky in different ways at different times of the year. I find that interesting. And indigenous people did things, I know like Mexican people did stone sculptures. They did these genius sculptures that would allow the sun to shine through specific spots during the solstice. And I find that so interesting because I'm drawn to, to stones as well. So I know that solstices are also connected to slowing down, becoming better observers, better witnesses of the cycles of life, the rhythms in our own preferred ways of doing things. So I want to use this final episode of 2017, episode 58, <laughs> to talk a little bit about observing and witnessing. And actually, this episode is also preparing us for January when every single episode that month will be dedicated to de-schooling and self-care and the onset of the winter season, the chance for a bit of a break from work for many of us or a break from the regular routine of children and school and extra activities, a break from that. We might also be wrapping up projects, closing things out at this time of year, shopping for holiday gifts for some folks, send things to your family, wherever in the world your family might be, so I feel like this winter solstice energy today is a good space for us to put our stuff down, take out our snacks, and just talk for a little bit together before we disperse to our um, respective commitments and things. Our family, Chris, Marley, Sage, and I, we used to do stuff every solstice and equinox for about six years. We did that and I led that because I got drawn to that and talked to Chris about it. He became intrigued by some aspects of it. And then we started um, practicing some, some of the ideas around it with the girls when they were much younger. But after a while, 
I guess maybe six or so years in, it started to feel like I was making the girls do something that it didn't seem like they were necessarily interested in it. And so, of course, we had started exploring unschooling by then and the idea of them having more autonomy over how they spend their time and realizing that if they weren't interested in it, then, you know, stop making it something that they needed to do. And so um, I stopped doing it with them. And then I stopped doing it myself. I just transitioned to like writing something in my journal or doing one of the rituals that I designed after I left religion for spirituality. Um, and then after a while, I just stopped needing it. You know how that is, you know, where you might have for some people, it's like the morning pages, you know, where you do those each day, but you do it for a while. And then it feels like you either work through or move past whatever nudged you to start doing them. You know, these things are cyclical. So I felt like I just stopped needing to honor um, the solstices and equinoxes in the ways that I was doing before. I just didn't feel compelled to do anything other than mentally know when the part of the planet I was on was transitioning through a solstice or an equinox. And so now, one of Marley and Sage's facilitators at their Agile Learning Center, she honors solstices and equinoxes. So it's back on the girls' radar in a new and shiny way via Julia. And I'm happy about that because I want Marley and Sage to know things about our planet. You know, when we think about raising free people, a lot of the work can be about untethering our needs and our ideas around who our children should be untethering that from them. But it doesn't mean that we don't have things, specific things that we feel like they really need in order to move about well in the world and that we want to share those things with them. We just really work at seeing whether those ways that we're sharing it are coercive and, you know, just really working through that. So I want things for Marley and Sage. And one of those things is that I want them to know about our planet and its rhythms because Tuning into the less obvious, you know, the more subtle ways that our planet shifts in its own cycles and its own seasons and times that can help us to do the same thing. You know, that same sort of tuning into the less obvious, more subtle ways that we shift in cycles and seasons and we can become, I think, more trusting and have a better understanding of that through our relationship and education about the planet, about Mama Earth, you know? So I feel like it's important that we know about the ways that people who came before us had to have a connection to the earth and also recognize how we've lost that and what it cost us, you know, in terms of nutrition, you know, not even knowing like what to eat to get the nutrients that we need. Overall wellness, you know, knowing how our bodies work, our sense of being and autonomy and our sense of history, knowing how people from our culture developed rituals, just different ways to be in community with nature and with each other. I feel connected to that when I make time for these things. And so it feels good for Marley and Sage to be exposed to that now. And, um, you know, then to just witness if and how that manifests in their lives. So I'm going to be celebrating the solstice this evening by taking out my rock collection because cool kids collect rocks. <laughs> And I'm going to spend some time in um, just silence, you know, really deliberate silence, feeling through my rocks and being deliberate about using that quiet and even the darkness and slowness associated with the solstice to embrace my own darkness, my own feelings, and just rolling my rocks through my fingers 
they're all smooth because I collect rocks from the sea and the ocean. So they've all been smoothed out by the water. So yeah, just, you know, running my rocks through my fingers in deliberate silence. And um, when I have thoughts that feel scary or sad or just fear-filled or whatever, I'll make a mental note of those thoughts. And when I'm done with that quiet time, I'm going to do my toilet paper ritual, <laughs> which is just where I use um, a marker to write words that are associated with feelings that don't feel good. You know, the ones that I'm just ready to be rid of. And then I just soak them in hot water until they dissolve into nothingness, which tissue paper is really good about doing. So that's what I, um, I'm going to do this evening. Sometimes in the past, I've burned stuff instead of letting it dissolve in the water. But for the solstice, I want to use water because it's slower than fire. And the slowing down for me is an important part of what I sometimes need to remember. It is part of my current de-schooling process. You know, that my de-schooling, my shedding can take time and that I can always trust that the water will dissolve the tissue. It will go away. And I don't always have to like build a fire to burn shit down. You know, sometimes the smooth, the steady sort of engulfing nature of water, which we are made primarily of, is more than enough to dissolve anything. Know what I'm saying, I mean, so I'm going to um, do that this evening and I'm going to talk to the girls about it. They're going to light a candle. Julia recommended that they light a candle at that time. And I'm going to ask them about what that means to them, if anything. And I'm going to, you know, release my expectation that it's some long, deep conversation <laughs> and just let it be what it is, you know, just expose them to the information, get their perspective to see where they are with it, see if I can be useful in any exploration or if I can learn anything from their perspectives on it and keep it moving. The other thing that I want to do with this final episode of 2017, episode 58, is that I want to tell you um, some of the main things, three actually, of the main things that I'm going to be feeling through today until around 520 or whatever time it is, I need to look that up whatever time the, the solstice officially begins. Three things that I want to get better at witnessing and understanding and giving through raising free people work, okay? I want to give them to you because I think they can be useful tools for your de-schooling process as well as you kind of see how I arrive at mine, see what things they kind of jar your connection to in your own life and what things you might want to work on or put on your toilet paper through your ritual of using water or fire to, you know, shed some things. So of course, de-schooling is not a scripted activity. <laughs> you happen upon the spaces where you realize you have work to do, or you know the spaces just from your own life experience. There are definitely elements of surprise. That's, that's common if you listen to maybe 20 episodes of this podcast overall you will absolutely find a thread of similarity that is the element of surprise. We'll say, yeah, I just never realized that or it never dawned on me that or I would have never thought that. A lot of that comes up in the work of raising free people, particularly when you choose to do it as um, a person of color in self-directed education. Layers on top of the already existing layers for any person of any color who would choose to raise a child outside of conventional schooling. 
that alone is its own thing. But then you add to that the expectations and the layers of white supremacy and raising a free person as a person of color becomes both deeply, deeply sad and also something that you insist upon and are already seeing in action in a positive way. It's like, I want to make sure that (laughs) when we think about liberation, we don't romanticize it and think about, yeah, man, of course, if I break out of this thing, all of these ways, if I come out, you know, if I, if I get out of whatever closet I've been in, I'm just going to feel so good and it's going to feel so freeing. And that's what I'm going to be managing. Yes, you will have those feelings, but it will also feel very lonely. It will also feel sometimes like there's a consequence to authenticity that takes some time and some de-schooling to really be able to not manage, but develop a level of leadership around decentering other people's reactions to who you are or how you choose to parent or whatever. There's some work in that. And that's really the first of the three things that I want to share as we close out 2017, that difference between management and leadership and how that's connected to unschooling. I was listening to a talk by Seth Godin, and he was talking about the difference between management and leadership. Seth Godin, by the way, also wrote a manifesto that's free online called Stop Stealing Dreams. That's another common thread you'll find among this podcast. (laughs) These podcast episodes, a lot of us came across Seth Godin's Stop Stealing Dreams while we were exploring unschooling. And it was just deeply, 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 deeply connected to how we were fucking feeling. Shout out to Seth Godin. Anyway, he did a talk and he was talking about the difference between management and leadership. And of course, I saw a connection between management and leadership immediately in the decision to raise free people, particularly through unschooling. Because my understanding of it through this lens is that management is about getting something done. We would manage our child or the child in our care, manage their life so that they get to college. Or maybe it's at first that they graduate high school or that they do these extracurricular activities or that they are, you know, they understand hygiene or that they understand basic social graces or, you know, whatever. We manage their lives to, to make sure that they have these things and that they apply these things. Leadership, on the other hand, is not about making sure that they go through the checklist of the things. It's about exposing them to the things, whatever those things are for you, culturally, personally, uh, socially, whatever, exposing them to those things in a way that is about a partnership that says your direction, your approach to parenting is not going to be determined by the fact that you have a child, but will be designed with your child So you'll be paying a lot of attention to how they react to the things that you bring to their environment. In Raising Free People Workshop, we talk about the parent and the caregiver as society, how we represent society for the child, because we are the creators and the translators of the things happening around them. You know, we point at the apple and we say, this is an apple, and that's how they know that it's an apple. And a lot of it is just them observing their environments and reacting to that environment, showing up as who they are innately. And as parents and caregivers, a big part of our work is to understand that too. 
because that's where leadership comes in, that we are leading ourselves. We are working towards a confident sense of owning ourselves, spending our time doing things that are of value to us, learning how to be confident in communicating who and how we are, dressing in a way that is comfortable for us. That's a big thing for a lot of us. We have to de-school from the idea of like how we show up in the world, feeling like we need to present ourselves. And certainly <laughs> we do that with parenting and caregiving too. I need to present this child so you can see that things are going well. I'm teaching them what an adult should be teaching a child. In leadership, we're not coming from that presenter space. We're coming from a space of being, a space of exposing them to things, a space of being very good at witnessing, observing, being able to support and ask questions, encouraging them to ask questions and to say what support might look like for them. That for me is that difference between managing my child, you know, parenting on them versus parenting with them. <laughs> so that's one of the things that I'm working on, the difference between management and leadership in my my role as Marley and Sage's mother and also in all of my other relationships as well. You know, where am I just managing some shit where I really need to take a leadership role and um, maybe do something differently? The second thing is co-creating language and practice. I've started calling that parenting patois. <laughs> For me, that one is about the ways that I can communicate with Marley and Sage and the other children in my life. I, I just see those other children a lot less than I see Marley and Sage. Developing a language that is less about like my expectations of, of how they should be showing up. Because as much as we've been unschooling and de-schooling, I'm still finding that as Marley and Sage get older and just more confident in their assertions, their self-expression, or, you know, when they're in this, this stage of life where there's like a lot of apathy, but also they insist on a lot of things. It's like, how do you not care, but you got an attitude about something? Like, which, which is it? <laughs> you know, I'm dealing with that as the girls are approaching this particular stage in life, they're 13 and 11. And I've just found that I'm a lot less available for the other things that I do. You know, I sit on a very active board. I have friends in the community who are entrepreneurs, who we support each other in aspects of our work. You know, there are all these other things that I do, but I've just found that lately, as, as we get now to this winter season, a lot of my time has just been making myself available for Marley and Sage how they're communicating, what they need, what they seem to not understand, what they say they don't understand. They just, they need me at a different level than they've needed me recently, you know, the past like maybe four or so years. And that's been interesting. They really need you as babies and toddlers for obvious logistical reasons. <laughs> and then they stop needing you in that same way. And now I'm finding that that cycle is coming back so yeah, that's been really interesting. So I'm just really keen on co-creating a language and practice that allows us to understand each other. They understand my boundaries and needs and I understand theirs and I can support them through this time of like rampant apathy and attitude and, you know, and specific needs. And, you know, they're also getting deeper into their specific interests. So I want to be more clear on what it looks like to co-create language and practice with what their needs are right now, what my needs are right now. You know, being in a position of leadership, which doesn't always mean that I have to be at the helm of something, 
but it just means that I'm not like reacting and just like managing the feelings around it. So that's the second thing. This last one is about remembering that free people, when I talk about raising free people, this third one is remembering that free people includes me, (laughs) that um, my self-care is part of resistance, that self-care period is part of resistance, that self-care is beneficial to community because empty vessel can't give shit. So the way that I'm doing that, or one of the ways that I'm doing that is that all of January, all, I think there are going to be five episodes for January. All five episodes of the podcast in January are going to be about caring for the self. A lot of other information around you is going to be about building your business or winning. This space in January is going to be where you can come to where we're talking about people of color in self-directed education, specifically noticing our own rhythms, being willing to back up so we can take care of ourselves and just recognizing how much self-care is needed when we choose to raise free people. Because the decision to raise free people comes with a level, <laughs> a level of need for self-care that I think nothing prepares you for and then everything tries to pull you away from. Because so many of us are trying to figure out whether we can raise free people and what that might look like. So whether that looks like unschooling as a family, mainly through the way you live or unschooling as part of a community in a learning center or a cooperative community or a Sudbury school or another type of like democratic school or slow traveling together through different cities, like whatever it looks like for us, oftentimes that figuring out feels lonely and dangerous. And we sometimes are used to pushing through those feelings and what comes with going uphill alone. And sometimes that's not necessary. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it is not. Sometimes it is not. Because you got to remember that you're a community, right? And you're shaping the idea and expectations of community for a child too. That's why leadership, I think, becomes so evident in unschooling, why it's different than management. Because as an unschooling adult, whether you're a parent or a facilitator, you're not managing your children. You're leading sometimes and you're also following sometimes, but you're in a position of power by way of access to more resources, greater mobility, broader life context, which has its benefits sometimes. So the question is, how will you lead? How will you lead yourself? What will that look like in the next year in your relationships? That's what I think this winter energy, this solstice energy is really good for or can be really good for, for us as we raise free people, as we de-school. Go inward and ask those questions like, what does leadership look like for me in my relationship with myself, in my household, in my community? Where might I take a greater leadership role? Where am I just managing when I really want to be leading, which might mean that I'm doing less deeper work of less stuff or not doing shit in a certain area. Maybe that's what real leadership needs to look like for you in a particular space now. Use this time, whenever you're listening to this, by the way, if you're listening to it, March 17th, you can have your personal winter solstice moment. Just go inward, look back, you know, use that Sankofa energy, bring it forward. That's what's available this week. This is what came through me to share with you. And I want you to use it. Use it up. Get all the nutrients, all right? 
So I'm going to be taking a break. I'm not going to do another episode for this year. I'm going to be coming back in January, as I said, with a self-care series. It's like a de-schooling mixtape. I'm so excited to share that with you next year. Of course, holiday gifts are much appreciated. I'm over at patreon.com forward slash Akila. Become a supporter of the work in that way. Much appreciated. Shout out to Sharon, Alicia, Carol, and Laura. Those are my four newest patrons. I appreciate you. Y'all, I do this every week, mostly solo, for the love, for the information, for the connection, for the community. And if you are in a position to support through Patreon, do so. You can also just comment, you know, subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. All of those links will be on the show notes page, akilasrichards.com forward slash five eight. Much love to you. Happy, happy new year when it comes. And I will talk to you in January. Thanks for listening to Farah the Free Child podcast. Like the show? Then show your love or give your feedback at akilasrichards.com. Fair of the Free Child is a weekly podcast that centers diverse narratives, insightful commentary, learning with our children and de-schooling ourselves, owning our multiple identities and treating children with dignity, creating community and sharing conversation from often silenced spaces, breathing life into liberation practices proactively and on purpose. It's about parenting. It's about self-directed education, loving. It's about learning. 